Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about playing behind closed doors, as it's one of the conditions for football to return. Nigeria's Odion Igalo scored for Manchester United in an empty stadium in a Europa League match just before football was stopped in Europe. He tells us about it. So it's going to be difficult and look strange, you understand? So you're going to make it look a bit boring, you understand? But if that's what we're going to do to, to keep safe and keep people safe from the COVID, then we're 100% More from Igalo shortly, and the German Bundesliga is back this weekend, the first of Europe's big leagues to return to action. Stewart highlights the African presence in the Bundesliga. But first, the issue of the frequency of the Africa Cup of Nations has been trending over the past few days. Earlier this year, the FIFA boss Gianni Infantino proposed to the Confederation of African Football that the Nations Cup be held every four years rather than every two years as it is now. Ivory Coast legend Didier Drogba has supported the idea. Algeria star Riyad Mahrez went to social media the other day saying having it every two years and in January and February is the reason why African football is not respected. But Cameroon's Samuel Eto'o says staging the Nations Cup every four years would not be in the best interest of the continent. And Senegal legend El Hadji Diouf says it should never be changed into a once-every-four-years competition. Diouf says, I think every two years is fine for the Nations Cup, though we are yet to settle on the right period to hold the tournament. Now, we did discuss this back in February when Infantino suggested this, and his reasons included that the Nations Cup generates only 5% of the revenue of the European Championship. And, uh, wow, some big names weighing in there in recent days. And when things do get back to normal after the pandemic, there will be opportunities to make big changes in many areas, including in sport. So, Ida, where do you stand on this one? You know, this has been a never-ending debate, and it's primarily because of the fact that everyone has their own interests. So you have the players who want to be readily available for club, and then you have, um, you know, interested parties like FIFA who arguably want less inconvenience for Eurocentric tournaments. While you have former players, legends like um, Eto and El Haji Diouf, who have played in the Afghan before and want the Afghan tradition to be maintained. Ultimately, Steve, I think that the mistake CAF did was to show that this was a movable tournament because then you've seen it's being treated like a pawn. Africans should be left to make the decision for themselves. Let us have African solutions African problems, Steve. Yeah, sure. And this story will surely go on and on. We'll keep on following this one. Now, television viewers are going to have to get used to watching matches being played in empty stadiums or behind closed doors, as it's one of the conditions for football to return. It's better than nothing, but the crowd adds so much to football, and in normal times, most games in the top leagues of Europe are played with substantial crowds. South Korea's K-League resumed last weekend behind closed doors, with some crowd noise being played over the speakers now and then to give a bit of atmosphere. All of the other football that restarts in the coming weeks will be behind closed doors. 
So how does this affect the players? Well, Nigeria's Odion Igalo scored a brilliant goal for Manchester United against Lask in a Europa League match behind closed doors in Austria two months ago. That was one of the last games played before football was stopped in Europe. Igalo showed some wonderful skills before firing the ball home. Now, while the crowd would normally have roared as the ball went in, in this case, there was silence. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okoleji asked Igalo about the experience of playing behind closed doors. Uh, it doesn't seem normal, you know, because I'm playing with a, a, a crowd in the stadium. Before you get to the tunnel, before you get to the pitch, you will see kids lining up, but they won't play. There is nobody, you know. It just, it, it just looks different, you know, like nothing is happening. You no, know, when you're just going out for training or just going out for... Not like you're going to play a game that's not not properly organized and all that, you know. But it looks strange. But that is the thing for us to be safe and do what we do to keep safe because of the COVID. See, get things done and did our best and score. A lot of people said um, sometimes when you are playing a game like that, like you scored a, a very um, beautiful goal. Um, what was that feeling like for you? Do you feel like you, the impact of that goal could have been greater? <laughs> Everybody know my celebration when I score goals. Even the field is full to the beam and all that, even though there's no space in the stadium for people to sit and there's nobody in the stadium. I still do the same celebration. As even if you see the game that or you go through the play of the game, you see, I see I the same celebration I've been doing. So it does not matter if people are in the, in the, in the, in the stadium or not. The most important thing won the game I scored and I did my celebration. It does not change anything. Um, do you think it would have been? Does does it take the gloss off? Like does it take the shine off that goal? Even though when you look at it on TV, everyone said, "Wow!" Does it take the shine off it? Yeah, if, you know, if, if people were in the stadium that day, would, maybe it would have been a little different the way they're going to scream and all that. Maybe even the opponent fans would have applauded for that. You know, or the uh, the fans from Manu would have even applauded and be shouting and all that. You know, that is the only difference. But it does not take the fact that it's a good goal. It does not take the fact. It's still 3.1. It does not take the father. I still celebrated the goal the same way I'm celebrating other goals, you understand? So that's it. Okay. And um, can you sum up your impression of um, playing in an empty stadium? If you had to do it like for your whole season, do that all season, Does that what, what does that say to you? It's, it's going to be difficult because you know, the <laughs> fans are the 12th man in the pitch, you know. Mm. So having them in the pitch, it looks good sharing you for victory singing your name chanting and all that you know uh playing without them in the stadium gonna look different you know and uh, just the game we played without fans in the stadium you know imagine playing throughout the season and season is 38 games in a season you know and you still have the cup games and other games you know so it's gonna be difficult and look strange you understand so you're gonna make it look a bit boring, you understand. But if that's what we're gonna do to to keep safe and keep people safe from the COVID, then we're hundred percent with that to do it, you know. That's Nigeria striker Odion Igalo speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji, and more from Igalo later on in the show. 
So there's lots of talk about how playing behind closed doors will affect the players and how it will look and sound on TV. But uh, it makes me laugh a bit, Ida, I must say, because uh, here in Zimbabwe, we have so many games played with tiny crowds as only three of our top flight clubs can draw big crowds. And I've watched and done commentary on games with as few as 50 spectators here. It does take away a lot of the excitement, but uh, it's kind of something that we're used to in much of Africa, Ida. (laughs) They don't know that it's the norm in most parts of Africa, Steve. It's uh, unfortunate and sad, you know. And it's very much the same here in Kenya. I mean, I've covered top flight games, not just any run of the mill match, you know, top flight that have had similar figures. We're talking 50 to 100 people, you know, and that included us as the media. Uh, But you see that with the situation in Europe, for example, and in other parts of the world, even in instances here in Africa, because we've seen the league in South Africa incredibly popular, similar to leagues in different parts of North Africa. It's the loss of revenue from ticket and gate charges that really, really will hit. We focus on England, for example. You know, the data there is much readily available and clubs could lose close to a billion dollars, Steve, from loss of match day revenue. And you have clubs that rely heavily on such revenue, for example, Arsenal. And figures show that they could lose close to 120 million pounds in a year's time. That is if this situation isn't controlled. So this just goes to show how important fans are and even for the players as you've had there with Igalo I mean the experience is different but ultimately as he's also put it people's health has to come first yeah indeed and a steward for the leagues that do resume with games behind closed doors how much of a disadvantage could this be for the home teams and what will the broadcasters make of it well, Steve, starting with the broadcasters, I understand that in the Premier League, they're asking for $400 million back because they think that games played behind closed doors without spectators don't suit their schedules, perhaps, and don't fulfill the terms of the contract, and therefore they're worth less money. But players are professionals and should be able to perform without spectators. There are precedents in other sports, for example, test cricket, is largely played for a TV audience with very few spectators in the stadium. But perhaps club football is different because of the passions of the supporters. And we hear players talk about how the crowd gave them a lift or of away games being played in an intimidating atmosphere. And just this week, Mark Noble, the West Ham captain, said that fans make football. But as Igalo says, players will be able to adapt But at the same time, we should not underestimate the importance of home support. And one could also say, perhaps, that a one-sided away Europa League game with Manchester United not fielding their strongest team, and where there wouldn't have been many Manchester United supporters in any case, is quite different from a game which will decide if Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Watford or Brighton, for example, will survive in the Premier League. Now, with regard to the Premier League, there have been three significant developments this week. At a Premier League clubs meeting, I understand that the majority of clubs are now against playing at neutral grounds, and that seems unlikely to happen. Secondly, the FA has said that they will not allow the season to be declared null and void. There will be champions and there will be relegation. But that begs the question, how are we going to decide 
if no more games are played, who is relegated? And thirdly, the highly influential mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, said that now is not the time to restart football in London. Finally, several Premier League players are known to have the virus, and there is growing concern among players that their personal safety would be compromised if the season resumes. And I think that persuading players that it is safe to play may be the hardest obstacle for the Premier League to overcome. Yes, and Stuart, certainly not all of the players are in favour of football resuming there in England. Danny Rose, the Tottenham player who's on loan at Newcastle United, has been outspoken this week, declaring himself to be against the return to football. He said, the government is saying bringing back football will boost the morale of the nation. I don't care about the nation's morale. People's lives are at stake. Football shouldn't be spoken of until the numbers of people with the virus have dropped massively. I'm sad that people are getting sick and being affected. Football is the last thing we should be thinking about. And of course, his comments come at a time when the official medical data shows that in the UK, black, Asian and mixed ethnic males face a much higher risk of dying from the virus than others. Yes, still a lot of issues to sort out before the English Premier League can resume, still though the intention is for it to restart next month. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, now we go to social media. Last week on the show, we asked, are you going to be following the German Bundesliga? It's going to become the first big European league to restart following the coronavirus shutdown with games beginning this weekend. Of course, the Bundesliga may not have the same appeal as the English Premier League, but will you be following the games? Which team will you be supporting? And are there any African players that you remember who've shone in Germany? Adrian Barnard is back on the show this week with your comments. Well, thanks, Steve. And I must say, it's good to be back. So let's get straight on. And on WhatsApp, we start today with Belong Badgie in the Gambia, who says the Bundesliga is not my favourite preference. So whether I'll be watching depends on whether the EPL is still at a standstill. But I'll be supporting Bayern Munich. My three standout African players who have played in Germany are Ivory Coast's most established left-back Arthur Bocker, Ghana's Charles O'Connell, who in my opinion wasn't the best but he was versatile in the midfield, and Nigeria's Sunday Olise, who I term as a shooting expert and a solid midfielder. Yes, thanks, Belong. Three good shouts there. Arthur Bocker played over 150 times for Stuttgart between 2006 and 2014. Charles O'Connell made over 170 appearances for Cologne and Wolfsburg. That was between 1992 and 2003. And, of course, he's currently the head coach of the Black Stars national team. And as for Sunday Elise, well, he had a shorter career in Germany. That was between 2000 and 2004, playing 85 times altogether for Borussia Dortmund and then out on loan at Bochum. Well, to Malawi now, and Francisco de Doma says, As football lovers, we have no choice. The majority of fans will follow the league. For me, Bayern Munich have been a marvel to watch. 
And Abdullahi Nying in The Gambia just can't wait. Absolutely yes. It's my favourite domestic league because I support Bayern Munich, says Abdullahi. The Bundesliga has seen one of the best African players ever play in it. I mean the legendary Sami Kifor. Other African stars for me who've made it in the Bundesliga include JJ Okocha, Alba Mayang and Salomon Kalou. And Oms K. Baji in The Gambia agrees. Yes, I will be following the Bundesliga, says Oms, because my favourite league, the EPL, hasn't resumed yet, and I'm tired of watching replays. Bizwek and Jakwa is in Malawi. Yes, I'll be following the Bundesliga, says Bizwek, although it's not as mouth-watering as the EPL. For now, I have no choice but to follow the league, and I'll be supporting Bayern Munich. Another who'll be watching is Establisher Rael in The Gambia. Yes, I'll be following the passion of football in Germany, says Establisher. I've missed watching football. And we always welcome your voice notes here on Planet Sport Football Africa. And here's Abrima Jallo in The Gambia. I always follow the German's Bundesliga. The league is competitive, attractive and the atmosphere is excellent. I just see it as a Premier League. And then you have very good number of African footballers who have shown their skills there and their talent. The like of Kevin Prince, Boateng, Aubameyang, and currently you have Ashraf Hakim, who plays for Morocco and then playing for Borussia Dortmund. I support Borussia Dortmund for that matter. I support Borussia Dortmund. And another Dortmund fan is John in Ghana. Well, for me, I'll be watching and supporting Dortmund, says John. The two standout players who've done well in Germany are Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Sami Kafour. They did really well during their time over there. I'm happy to see football back and I can't wait for the EPL also to resume. Lee Cisse in the Gambia will also be cheering on the team in yellow. I'll definitely be following it and I can't wait, says Lee. I'll be rooting for Dortmund. Alba Mayang was my star African player during his time there. He was so prolific. And it seems Borussia Dortmund has quite a few fans out there. Here's another voice note, this time from Michael Mboka, also in the Gambia. Well, I'm going in for Borussia Dortmund. I will really love to watch Dortmund playing, especially in these trying hours. You know, when people are experiencing the pandemic, some of us we miss football, we miss to watch because of this so-called COVID-19. Bakary Nayasi is in the United Arab Emirates. Yes, I'll be following the updates from the Bundesliga, says Bakary. I prefer Bayern Munich, but on the other hand, Borussia Dortmund also have the team that can win the league, with their talented two youngsters, Jadon Sancho and Erling Haaland. So many African players have shone in Germany, but my top three are JJ Akocha from Nigeria, Papis Cisse from Senegal and Gabon's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Richard in Ghana says, I'll be supporting Hertha Berlin, and my favourite African player in the Bundesliga has been Salomon Kalou. Yes, that's right, but it looks as if Kalou's career at Hertha may be over now after he was suspended last week until the end of the season, after a video of him emerged on social media flouting social distancing rules at a training session. Now, while many of us are looking forward to watching football from Germany, for Usman Mohamed in Cameroon, Watching the Bundesliga is just a poor substitute. I'm happy for the fans of the Bundesliga, says Usman, but as for me, I see nothing is really happening without the Premier League. 
And Corsu Jabby in The Gambia agrees. Will I be watching the Bundesliga, says Corsu? No, I won't. And finally, Tebi Otieno in Kenya reflects on the league's decision to play matches behind closed doors by saying simply, a game with no fans is no game at all. And that's a tension, isn't it, Steve? For many fans, soaking up the atmosphere provided by fans at the game itself is a big part of the overall enjoyment. But if playing behind closed doors is the only option for now, well, it may be something we're all going to have to get used to for a while yet. Uh, Yeah, I think we will. Thanks, Adrian. So quite a bit of enthusiasm for the Bundesliga there. But Usman in Cameroon saying that only the English Premier League will do for him. Well, African satellite broadcaster Supersport won't be screening the Bundesliga as they're not rights holders, but some national broadcasters will be. Now, Ida, you're at NTV in Kenya. You do show some Bundesliga games. Uh, How would you compare the entertainment value with the English Premier League? Well, first things first. I think right now many people just want football, Steve. (laughs) Um, It might not even matter in what form. I mean, we saw the league in Belarus. It was one of the last standing during the COVID-19 peak. And look, I'm sure if they had an international broadcaster that they would have definitely recorded a surge in ratings, (laughs) you know, Um, But yes, of course, without a doubt, I mean, most international football fans do prefer the English Premier League. Um, However, and Steve, I often get stones thrown at me anytime I say this. I don't believe that it's necessarily because the style of play in the English Premier League is better. I think it's because the league has, you know, marketed and commercialized itself to a point that's almost untouchable, you know. There are many, many countries, Steve, with better football than the UK. Many, but, you know, few either, one, know about this or two, even care because simply those leagues are not as commercially viable as the UK. But on the flip side, you do realize that You know, there are tons of fans who don't have access to international broadcasters. I mean, not too many people will be able to afford, you know, monthly premium fees, subscription fees and what have you. So a lot of these fans tend to consume, you know, alternative football, if you will. We're talking the likes of La Liga, the Serie A, although that's gotten very popular in the last two years since Cristiano moved there. And, you know, the likes of the Bundesliga, which is back. And oftentimes you find that this is what most national broadcasters go for. Yeah, well, this is definitely a chance to appreciate leagues beyond the English Premier League. Thanks, Ida. So Bayern Munich are four points clear of Borussia Dortmund with nine games to play in Germany. Dortmund hosts Schalke in a derby on Saturday. Bayern travelled to Union Berlin on Sunday. Uh, Stuart, how's the African presence in the Bundesliga? Yes, indeed. We're all very excited that the Bundesliga is starting again. And just a little background, Steve, there are 18 clubs in the top division. Uh, And as you say, there are nine rounds of the league still to go, plus one additional game. And this weekend, we've got six games on Saturday afternoon, two on Sunday and one on Monday. And as you say, Bayern lead Dortmund, but only by four points. So there's a lot to play for. There are 22 Africans who've played in the German League this season. They come from 13 countries. There are four from Nigeria, three from Ghana, two from Algeria, and so on. 
12 clubs have an African player and six have no Africans, but they include the top two, Bayern and Dortmund. Probably half those African players are what you'd call regular starters and the others being squad players. The best known, I think, would be Salomon Kalou from Cote d'Ivoire. He's in his sixth season with Hertha Berlin. And of course, he also played 150 games for Chelsea. He's now 34 and it's probably just become a squad player. He's only had one start this season. But Steve, I also need to tell you, he recently got himself in a bit of trouble, posting on social media a picture of himself fist pumping and high-fiving teammates in training in defiance of the social distancing regulations. Leipzig, who are third in the table, have a Mali player, Amadou Hadara, and he's in his second season, having come from Austria. Fortuna Dusseldorf, who are just above relegation, have two Ghanaians, Kasim Adams and Nanu Ampula. And ironically, they've also got two Ghanaians in the squad who haven't played yet. There must be something about Dusseldorf and Ghanaians. Schalke, who have a big game with Dortmund at the weekend, have three Africans. Salif Sani from Senegal, Nazim Bujelab and Armin Harit, both Moroccans. But incidentally, all those three were born in Europe, having opted to play for African nations. And on that subject, of the 22 Africans, six were born in Europe. And the two longest serving African players are Ibrima Traore, who's from Guinea, although he was actually born in France. And he's been at Borussia Mönchengladbach for seven seasons. And Ilas Bebu from Togo, It's his first season at Hoffenheim, but he has played in Germany for eight years. But compared to the Premier League, there are a lot less African players and certainly less stars. I think you could say that none of the ones I've mentioned are quite of the standing of a Moussala, Sergio Mani or Riyad Mahrez. What is the standard of the German League? Well, in the last 10 years, Bayern Munich have been to the Champions League final three times. They won in 2013 in an all-German final, beating Dortmund. Uh, They lost the other two, including 2012 when they lost to Chelsea on penalties. In the Champions League this season, Tottenham played two German clubs, Leipzig and Bayern, and they lost all four games home and away, including that incredible 7-2 home defeat against Bayern. You know, most people in England like to think that Premier League clubs are better than German clubs, but perhaps the evidence doesn't quite support that view. (laughs) That's a big talking point, isn't it? Uh, Thanks, Stuart. And going back to the listener comments, some great names there where we asked you to name some of the Africans who've really shone in Germany in years gone by. Another worth a mention is Ghana's Tony Yeboah. He was at Eintracht Frankfurt in the 90s, the same time that Nigeria legend JJ Okocha was there. Okocha once scoring the Bundesliga goal of the season. Of course, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang made a huge impact with Borussia Dortmund. And there was Ghana defender Sami Kufour at Bayern Munich playing for 12 seasons from 1993 onwards. Now, finally, and as promised, a bit more from Nigeria striker Odion Igalo. Not sure whether to say Manchester United's Odion Igalo because his Chinese club Shanghai Shenhua may well recall him any day now. So we'll see what happens for him at club level. But Aloshina Okaleji asked Igalo about the lessons that we can learn from the coronavirus pandemic, which sadly has taken so many lives and has left us feeling helpless at times. 
It's been said that the virus has embarrassed money because even the rich are dying, sadly, as the virus doesn't discriminate against the rich or the poor. Here's Igalo's thoughts. Yeah, it's true. It's true what he said. You know, like I said, the same thing. Because now, even with your money, you are not safe. You have to. You have to be more careful for you to not catch corona because. It's a respect of no man if you are rich or if you are poor. So everybody now is running for their life. Everybody's now keeping safe, even the rich and the poor. So you just have to be safe out there. What are the new things you've discovered about yourself? Something you didn't know about yourself before that you found out about yourself during this lockdown? I've discovered that with this lockdown, I can stay on my own without nobody. I can be indoors for for a month without going anywhere. I can I can sleep the way I'm sleeping, watch a movie, I can spend time with myself, I can meditate, I can sit down and think through my life, jot some things down I want to do. And most especially that no matter the position you in life, there's something that can humble you to sit down one place and you won't be able to move for a month. That's Odion Igalo at the end there saying that no matter your position in life, there's something that can humble you to sit down in one place and you won't be able to move for a month, uh, talking about the lessons learned uh, from the coronavirus pandemic. We're asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week. It might be away from football and some greater lessons uh, in life that you've learned uh, from the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Igalo says that he has learned to be humble. You can go to our Facebook page and post a comment there. That's a Planet Sport. Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What lessons have you learned from the coronavirus pandemic? Not necessarily related to football, could be something bigger that you've learned in these past weeks. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So, from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir and Adrian Barnard in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production. <laughs>